Reasonless Podcast, the Athletic Toronto's Toronto Raptors Podcast. We're I, back! Yeah, we are back. I'm your host, Blake Murphy. That yelling beside me is Eric Kareen. I've become a hype man. Hype we man. back! We're apparently back. Uh, sorry for the couple-week absence. I've been away. Uh, we left you with a very poor audio quality uh, episode to keep you tied it over for two weeks. It was uh, like we skipped our accident. It was our skipping of the accident reviews, sort of. Yes, it was the our Patrick Patterson of- or Kristaps Porzingis. Yes, Kristaps Porzingis, heavily available in a trade scenario, Eric Kareen. <laughs> uh, Maestro, what, Picasso of the trade machine? Is that what Bill Simmons has always called himself? I wouldn't know. We were the Rembrandt of the trade machine, perhaps? I'm uh, the uh, Monet of the... Go. It's very impressionistic. He was impressionistic, right? Yeah, I, sure. And Jeopardy, Jeopardy art history is one of my weakest categories, along with like mythology. Yeah, yeah art history up. and classical music are oh, my, God, yeah. my big ones. Uh, everything else, though, dominant. Yes. Just dominant. Yeah. Um, the audio quality in this one should hopefully be better. Um, we've had some issues, obviously, in the past. Uh, I'm in the process of moving now, which is complicating things further. We're going to get it sorted out, and you know, at some point in the future, the audio will be consistently good. Maybe. Uh, Maybe. We'll We'll see. We'll see. We will see. Um, okay, so we are talking to you today on Tuesday, two days before the NBA draft. Uh, Eric does not want to talk much about specific draft pieces, uh, which is fine. If you head over to Raptors Republic, um, I host a podcast there too. We have a three-part draft preview podcast um, throughout the week. Uh, but we can talk draft in theory, and we're talking right now after Masai Ujiri spoke with us in his annual I'm Not Telling You Anything two days before the draft media availability. Eric Masai said nothing he told us nothing he said we'll see yeah did you did you take away well let's kind of do what we did with this season ending presser too um what were your takeaways here um whether it was on the draft there there were obviously other things that were talked about um like calling the david griffin situation in cleveland bs yes uh which is neither here nor there for specific raptors purposes unless they're about to name him the gm which Which, by the way um we won't talk about this much but masai did say that they've made a decision on gm he's just sitting on it for now um likely because they don't want to have it be a mess with the draft stuff yeah i'd be surprised if it's not bobby webster but uh we'll see we'll see um I just wrote my lead added, uh, for the piece off today, and it involves we'll see. So I'm just okay. going to say, we can call this podcast we'll, we'll see. see. Done. Uh, we'll 30. see. Um, on the Kyle Lowry issue, obviously Bruce Arthur, the Toronto Star, is a uh, <laughs> plugged-in columnist uh, whom I've worked with before at uh, Post Media, and uh, I would trust, and, and I'm sure everybody read his column that sort of said that throughout the season and into the offseason, Kyle Lowry's opinions on the Toronto Raptors have uh, been a bit all over the place. And none of that sounded particularly egregious to me. Um, Masai Ujiri said he's spoken with Lowry. Lowry has been in Toronto um, working out at the facility. He just left before we came in. Of course he did. Because he really wanted to talk to us, but he just couldn't make time. Yeah, there's no chance he was just hiding out somewhere <laughs> yeah, in BioSteel yeah. Center just where we left. couldn't see We him. just missed him. Um, um, okay, to rewind just a little bit, um, Bruce Arthur, the Toronto Star, wrote and called him. give him context. Yeah, yeah, um, because I'm sure most people didn't actually read Bruce's column and oh, just saw the real headline. GM headline oh, and okay. moved on from there. Um, 
In a column on Monday, Bruce Arthur of the Toronto Star said that uh, Kyle Lowry is a free agent, and multiple league sources say the all-star point guard has been grumbling about dissatisfaction with the Raptors for months. I'd say for years. Yes, nothing surprising (laughs) there. Um, Arthur continues, as of mid-May, important point there, mid-May, other teams were being told that Lowry had zero interest in returning to Toronto, even if the Raptors offered a maximum five-year deal. Um, here, the, probably the most important point from Bruce's reporting, uh, which, since the club had no intention of offering a five-year deal, probably made Lowry's declaration easier to make. Um, the no five-year deal thing from the Raptors is interesting, if not logical. Um, the other piece uh, of key, key information from Bruce's report that is that the Spurs are apparently not interested, although today, you know, Pau Gasol declined his player option. What a match. Which... Uh, Freeze them up the cap space, in theory, to sign a guy like Kyle Lowry, if not Chris Paul or George Hill or Drew Holiday or whomever. We'll, we'll see what the details are, but yes. Yes. So, anyway, that was Bruce's report. The, the context here being that this was Lowry at the height of his dissatisfaction right after the playoff ouster, um, before there had been a cooling-off period, before there were conversations with the team, before um, there was the Dwayne Casey and DeMar DeRozan and Norman Powell visit to him in Oakland. Um, this is not all that surprising uh, people kind of ran with it bruce in the piece even said that he still thinks it's more likely that lowry lands back in toronto despite all of this um so in talking about it today uh Ujiri <laughs> joked that kyle lowry had uh, tweeted about it um as i said from what he tweeted yesterday yeah i think we're comfortable uh, a little tongue-in-cheek um but Ujiri continued to say that lowry uh, has been a part of our organization and says he wants to come back um listen i know there's speculation we all have ups and downs People go through it. This is rumor season. Everyone's going to make a big deal out of everything. I know what Kyle has told me. And then, as, as Eric just said, Kyle's been there working out and stuff like that. Masai, to me, sounded like a guy who's still fairly confident that he's playing his own hand, not having it played out for him. Yeah, that's what I took. And my impression is that it is a priority to bring him back. It is not a priority to bring him back at any cost. Yes. And why would you? Because you... I mean, we just... uh, To play devil's advocate to the point I'm about to make, like Al Horford wasn't offered the five-year max by Atlanta last year, Mm -hmm. and then that arguably cost Atlanta Al Horford... Uh, so the easiest way to retain Lowry would be to offer him everything you can immediately and show that love, but they can still offer him less and offer him more than any other team. Yes, um, so for anyone... Can, sorry, sorry. Yeah, I'll just qu- explain that. For anyone who's unclear, um, because the Raptors hold Lowry's bird rights, they can not only offer a fifth year that no one else can offer, um, and they no one else can offer that even in a sign-and-trade, by the way. So the sign-and-trade doesn't get Lowry any more money or term. Um, but the Raptors also, if they only wanted to do four years, can offer higher annual raises than anyone else. So Lowry ends up getting a, a couple million more that way. Um, and they also, because of that fifth year, they have the option to offer Lowry more total money uh, with a lesser cap hit and spreading, say, you know, uh, his four-year max plus 25% out over five years instead instead of four to lessen the cap hit. Um, continue, sorry. Yeah, and I think Masai knows that the point guard market is uh, some is somewhat depressed, and it's going to be... Who isn't? Yeah, uh, there aren't a lot of natural suitors. The Spurs might want, you know, a natural Tony Parker, you know, somebody to ease the burden on Tony Parker or to replace him uh, as of... Ne- I think Parker has one more year left, and... 
and Mills is a Patty Mills as a free agent as well. Who knows what Houston will do? Houston's always trying to do yes. something. I know you think they are the biggest uh, contender to nab. Yeah, Lowry if, if I were if I were handicapping where Lowry ends up, I think Toronto is still the most likely place, yeah. but I think Houston is the is the number Next. one. Yeah. Um, and maybe that's skewed. Like the fit in San Antonio is nice too, but I think they'll run at Chris Paul first. They yeah. have a familiarity with George Hill, who will be cheaper than Kyle Lowry, and who Pop loves. Yes. Uh, so I mean, we'll we'll see. Yeah, I think um, the Spurs are on the table and be an interesting fit. But he, Lowry is such a nice basketball and philosophical fit in Houston, and Houston can get their way into cap space fairly reasonably without sacrificing too much. Yeah, but I think at the end, Masai knows he has. He has more cards, or he has more to give Lowry than the rest of the league does. Yes. and Which goes beyond just money. Yeah. And if, I mean, if he really is as sick of the organization as he was in mid-May, and if he's really willing to turn down $205 million to make $153 million, then you can't do much about that. But there's no indication that that is currently the case. Right. And I think, uh, I think... Masai Ujiri has strong belief that if Lowry is amenable to what they're comfortable with, they're comfortable with him. Right. Yeah. So that that makes sense. This is, you know, very similar to how we evaluated the situation at the end of the year. Um, more quotes and reporting to put to it. But basically, it makes sense for both sides to keep going together and it might make sense for both sides to separate at a certain point so uh, Masai Ujiri in in speaking more generally said that um, they're basically the Raptors are comfortable going in either direction uh, they are in five directions five directions I, I think there are only really two directions that you can justify but there are five there are apparently five I only like two of them I guess then not knowing what the other three are <laughs> I know what one of the three is and it's continuing without Lowry and still trying to be good and that is a bad that's the bad path. I think, but don't three of them have to be that? Well, no, <laughs> I, you could, I mean, one of them theoretically could be it's, bring Lowry back, uh, trade DeRozan. Yeah. We, we don't know what these yeah. paths are. Yeah. Um, one of them could involve Paul George. Yeah. By the way, uh, Ujiri was asked about Paul George or rumors in general, and you're not going to believe this, but he didn't tip his hand in either way. <laughs> Basically, if a really good player you were to become he available. Did, he didn't tamper? No. Um, if, the, if a good player is available, the Raptors might make a call on him. And as if the, the price is right, they might look to add him. As they should. Um, I was thinking about this, like, philosophically, which is a luxury to do, but, like, just as fit. Like, adding a third player who sort of is used to the ball in his hands. Like, how... I, I, I mean, I, I would trade for Paul George. Yes. But it would. it's not like Kevin Durant going to Golden State, no. you know? I like, would, it, it the, could the, not work. Yeah, the big thing is is that George would be the best defender on yes. the Raptors by such a significant degree, oh, and is norm. and is also uh, a quality three point shooter. Yeah, that I, I mean, it, there's there are fit concerns, and then at a certain point, you hit a talent level yeah, where you just no. figure it out and you trust the talent. I would make the deal depending on yeah. the price. And who knows? Maybe I adding think... a third guy who needs the ball and needs those touches is a way to force the system change that they're they're talking about. I mean, you'd rather come across it organically and. You know, in more happy ways, but maybe having to spread the ball around to an extra guy who's also a three-point shooter is a good way to kind of grease the wheels on uh, those changes. Yeah, I'm just I'm keeping the Paul George's a rich man's Rudy Gay take uh, in the back pocket. Yeah, Rudy Gay, that's an interesting free agent. Not for the Raptors <laughs> who have no money in almost any scenario, but in general, I think Rudy Gay, Rudy Gay now, 
comfortably as a more of a power forward than a small forward. It's yeah. more interesting than Rudy Gay when he was back on the Raptors um, before. I think the big message from everything Masai said is that he's very comfortable with all of the options that lie in front of him. And of course, and, that's the image he's going to project. Yes. And of course, there are, are routes that he wants more than other routes. I think, I think what he wants to do is bring Kyle Lowry back at a price he deems reasonable. Same with Ibaka. We'll see about the rest of the team. And you maintain a certain flexibility going forward. Um, but he's prepared for other alternatives. And they've been studied. And he, like he, at one point he even said he'd be excited about that too. You know? It, it, it's reimagining things is like intellectually interesting to him um and i think it's intellectually interesting to a lot of people who follow the team and in the way that we follow the team or or follow the team closely um but i don't think i think option number one is keeping this apace and maybe cleveland completely disintegrates among uh things that have happened in recent days yes and uh maybe lebron what a mess dan gilbert is the goddamn worst in uh, basketball terms and not in basketball terms. Yeah, I don't understand how they just don't find a deal there. I don't understand how Dan Gilbert in his entire ownership tenure has never retained a GM. Uh, it is curious. Yeah. Um, David Griffin, look, I know that like so much of the Cavs' success yeah, is predicated LeBron on LeBron. Right. They also did a magnificent yeah. job maintaining international players' rights and creating and using trade exceptions to fill in around the edges. He did wizardly things. Yeah. Uh, he turned the, a partially guaranteed yeah. Brandon Haywood deal and, and Anderson Varejao into useful players. He got something for Dion Waiters, stole Shump and Smith, stole Kyle Korver. He found rotation pieces uh, where there were not rotation pieces. Yeah. I mean, like, and when he you kept go LeBron that... happy enough that LeBron's still in Cleveland. Yeah, which is a year-to-year question, especially now that he's won a title. Yeah, um, you anyway. gotta get that done. Like, yeah, it's weird. Uh, but the NBA is weird. There's just so much, like, ugh, yes, there's so much strangeness. Like the Knicks not knowing where Kristaps is and deciding to put him on the trade market because the, they might know where he is. They just haven't talked to him. Yeah, yeah they're, they're <laughs> tracking chip or something. Yeah, yeah. Dolan's Dolan's got one eagle or another on him. Okay, so before we get to all the free agency stuff on July first, there's a draft to get through. The draft is taking place on Thursday. Um, Masai tipped his hand very little about the draft, in part because we didn't really ask specific questions about the draft because we know better by now. Um, he was asked about potentially drafting, stashing it versus keeping the pick. We're comfortable either way, he said. Uh, on keeping the pick or you and using the pick. Yes, they feel comfortable doing that. Um, the big thing, the big message in, in talking about it, though, um, which leads me to believe, and I've believed for a long time they're more likely to keep the pick. Um, Messiah has continually hammered home the importance of player development under the since new collective the bargaining he, agreement. Since the first day he got here, he's yes. been doing that. Yes, he, I remember um, the first time I ever went to Media Day, he was very uh, bothered by the way I worded a question about them being late to get a D-League team. Yeah. I remember, Obviously, it wasn't his I remember, failing. I remember you being anxious about yeah, that. Yeah, it wasn't Seems his. Unlikely. It was a failing of Brian Colangelo, not uh, not Masai Ujiri, but the the finisher of the process, yes, Brian Colangelo. Process finisher. Um, yeah. So anyway, um, they're probably going to use that pick. The draft is wide, wide open uh, outside of the top eleven or twelve, depending on who you ask. Um, there are loads of big men, and the Raptors have good young big men already. Um, they have. And, oh, sorry, they have young big men. Yes. 
Uh, oh, most of them are good. B- Bebe's good. Pirtle's good. I think they are. Some yeah. people, maybe some people with the Raptors, don't. Yeah. Um, so let me ask you, uh, are there any names out there, oh, of course big there men, are. small men, medium-sized men, uh, that jump out to you in that range? Like, give me your two or three guys who, like, you'd be... I mean, everything's dependent on what happens in the first 22 picks, right. obviously, but guys who make sense... Uh, in that range for Uh the Raptors. Yeah, no small men. It's a good point guard draft, but outside of the lottery, there aren't a lot of guards that I love. In my piece uh, that I wrote last week about just how draft draft workouts are put together and how they're run by the coaches, uh, I'm blanking. Dan Dan Tolsman. Yeah, he told me uh, on one day they had two first-round guys back out on yeah. them and one was a point guard who was like why would you pick a point guard right um, <laughs> the other by the way i believe uh was ivan rab um mm. this hasn't been confirmed by the team but rab had said in an interview that he was coming to toronto to work out and then never ended up coming in so mm. um although he is only a first round pick on chad ford's board mm-hmm. some people don't have him as a first round pick so maybe board. he doesn't qualify yeah. um anyway so this draft is Stress is very wide open, so it's hard to peg down who may be available. Yeah. And there are a lot of it's big, heavy from like the fifteen to forty-five range, uh, which is, you know, it, it's fine. You draft a. I'm a firm believer in best player available because the guy you draft isn't going to make an impact right away if you're a quality team anyway. And um, you know, landing a good eighth or ninth man is great with the twenty-three pick. Yeah. But, you know, you Look, want that kind of upward mobility in a pick. Look, you don't draft for need at this point. You no. do, you hopefully don't get somebody who can only play center. Right. But you, like, like the two things we're always talking about right now are defensive flexibility and shooting. And whether that comes in the shape of a six foot eleven guy or a six foot four guy, it's fine. Yep. Um, so there are one name that I've come back to a lot, uh, and we were talking about him on the walk here, Semi Ojale from SMU. He's a guy who didn't play much in two years at Duke and then was great in his one year at SMU um, because his freshman and sophomore years didn't have a lot of data. Analytic systems don't love him. He's kind of uh, old for a three-year player and he only has one year of sample. Um, Generally, analytic systems weight freshman years heavier because they're more predictive. Um, But in Ojale, he kind of checks off that box of uh, an overage prospect who maybe has some upside left to develop because he hasn't played a ton. Uh, Pascal Siakam and DeLon Wright fit that mold. It, pass Raptors pick. Ojale is a, a combo forward who, you know, no player is ever NBA ready, but in body terms, he has the the frame already that he'll be able to bang at either the three or the four position. Um, he shot well in his junior year at SMU. I'm not 100% sure how well that's going to translate. Um, given the mechanics there and stuff. Uh, and then he checks off a lot of off-court boxes. He Community leadership awards. Uh, very smart guy. Um, his parents are doctors. He's uh, His dad's Nigerian, and he's been to Nigeria to visit. And I remember when he came in for his pre-draft workout, um, he spoke to Masai about N- Nigeria. Um, not that that's a you know a check mark that the Raptors have to check off in the draft, um, but he does kind of check Can't off hurt. a lot of things. Yeah, um, And he profiles as a good defender, but defensive metrics didn't love him. Um, so that's something I actually asked the Raptors about when he was in. And, you know, the answer was kind of what you'd expect. Well, yeah, that's why we brought him in. We want to get a closer look at it. Um, he's a guy, like, if, if they were looking more... He'd big... be a semi-reasonable pick. Oh, boy. Um, if get, they were get going... ready for puns. Yeah. If they were going big, um, Jared <laughs> Allen's a guy that it doesn't look like he's going to slip. He might be an interesting name if he were to fall uh, beyond his... 
beyond his range right now. Ike Enigbogu from UCLA. Um, Isn't it EK? Yeah, maybe it's EK. Yeah, because yeah. he came in but only did a medical. Right, I wasn't here for and that. And then I was uh, pitching a column to myself, a rookie long, uh, season-long column called EK on EK. Gotcha. Um, yes, I should know this as a <laughs> UCLA person. Um, anyway, hes uh, I don't think he's going to slip necessarily, but he's an interesting guy. And then one guy who should be there uh, who is really interesting is Jordan Bell, who could be... You know, he's kind of Siakamish in the, the positives in his profile. Do you like Siakamish um, or Siakamesque? I don't care. Um, anyway, I like Jordan <laughs> Bell is my point. Uh, there are a lot of guys. I, I don't. The one guy I don't really like that's that's been mocked in the range is Tyler Lydon. Um, there are some Euro picks that I just haven't seen a lot of tape yeah. on to really get a feel for. Um, and then there's Jonah Bolden, who did a year at UCLA and then went overseas for a season. Um, kind of helped his draft stock a lot by doing so, but not a lot of tape from his last year. He's currently the draft express pick. He is, um, but he is kind of all over the place in terms of ranking and, um, you know, where he is in other mocks. But yeah. 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 Jonah Bolton, interesting name. How about you? Any, uh, no, no, I don't mean his name is interesting. I mean, he is an interesting player. His name seems pretty by the books. Yeah. Um, anyway. Four syllables, two in each. See, this is the thing. We could go there. Are, there are twenty-five guys that could end up being, you know, targets in the yeah. Raptors range. We can't as go through them all. As I was saying, like my opinions on this draft are very limited. I spent most of my time when I would have been looking into prospects, looking into the draft workout process for that yes. piece. I'd very much like you to go read. Um, it was very good. Thank you. Um, I was fishing for compliments, but I'm fishing for pages as well. Um, but it's just. You know, did we have Pascal Siakam at 27 last year? Like, probably no. not. Like, it's it's a tough range to pin down. and you. This ha- draft is also, like, regarded as exceptionally wide open. Yeah. Last year's draft was wide open and weird stuff happened. Yeah. But this year's draft is particularly open. It's supposed to be a good draft, um, but with, like, a lot of varying sh- assurance of guys being good. Like, there are a lot of good prospects, and there probably will be a lot of good draft picks from this. But this has one of those drafts where, five years down the line, the draft order looks insane, like, written all over it. Like 2013, but a good version yes. of it. Even yes. though 2013... Deeper version, yeah, anyway. Yeah, deeper. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. 2013 in... was Giannis here? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and Rudy Gobert. Yes. And Anthony Bennett. There you go. Um, Rest in peace, Anthony Bennett. Oh. Uh, any other basketball things you want to talk about? Yeah, um, Wallace we're, on uh, on Veronica Mars. Quite, quite the quite the basketball star. Yeah, it's uh, can't believe that dude was trying to get his shine by stealing the mascot. Unbelievable. Um, yeah, we'll transition from here to just talk about some people seem to like it, especially in the off season when we talk some pop culture stuff. I've finally finished season one of Veronica Mars. Which is something you've been urging me to do for, I feel like, years now. Congratulations. Yeah, I just did it to make you happy. Well, everybody should do things to make me happy. I wouldn't be any more happy, but I I guess I'd appreciate it. And, I mean, people might be amenable to it if it's just a matter of watching TV shows. Yeah. Hey, everyone watch Terriers. Eric will be happy. it would make me happy. Because then then we'd get the Terriers. The inevitably disappointing Terriers movie. Yeah. Uh, Terriers had one of the great endings of all time. It doesn't, like, I would like to see more, but it doesn't need more. This is how I feel about Friday Night Lights, too. Like, don't make more Friday Night Lights. No, don't make more Friday Night Lights. They probably made too much Friday Night Lights. Um, Or close to too much. Except I liked those last two seasons. I did, too. It just, 
it got a little. I mean, they were enjoyable. It got a little convoluted. Um, sure. What like a, a whole part of the city, like they just invented a new part of the city. Yes. But yeah. that it was all worth it for that episode with Saracen's dad's uh, death. Yes. Spoiler alert. Yes. Um, Saracen, who by the way, was in a show. Oh yeah, um, the show Kingdom. Have you ever watched that show? It's, uh, an, it's like um, the, about the MMA family. The, Nick Jonas is yeah, in yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, but somebody else from Friday Night Lights is in it. Yes. Um, the guy who went off to the army. I can't remember his character's name. Luke, yes, the guy Luke who. Cafferty. Yes, the guy who lives on the farm. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's great in the show. Yeah. Um, he's like a Jesus-loving MMA fighter, which is an interesting, yeah, you know, thing to be. You're, where yeah. your job is to beat the piss out of people, and then you thank Jesus after for making it possible. Uh, yeah, yeah. Nick Jonas is great in it, but yeah, Saracen was in the the most recent episode or two. Feel bad, like because Saracen was always my favorite character in that show, and he just hasn't had the post career that uh, even Lance has had. Yeah, it's the curse of like being so good at in that one character that like he's in this show and he's not Saracen like at all. Yeah, but like I just want him to be Saracen. Yeah, just be Saracen. Yeah, yeah. Um, Michael B. Jordan shook that pretty well though. But he wasn't. He he also had like Wallace in The Wire, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like he. Where's Wallace? Uh, still unknown. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Veronica Mars. So I know you yes. spoiled a bit of it for yourself. Yeah. Um, but that was that is how you make. In contrast, perhaps to some of the Riverdale conversations we had, that is how you make a viewer care about a mystery. Yes. And, and use it... That you it, spend a whole season right. talking about. I really... I thought they did a great job having the 20-episode storyline and the mini-storylines feeding into that... Like, the mini-storylines each episode working in their own... Like, as their own self-contained episode yeah. while also pushing the big story yeah. along. Like, some of those... That's some a of, hard balance yes. to maintain. And some of them were, like, duds. Some of the yeah. episodes or the cases of the week are duds. Sure. But, like... Most, also, what a ridiculous worst, town. How is there this many cases? Yeah, most worst case scenarios is, oh, this is, like, silly and fun, yeah. but ultimately I'd rather hear about, you know, Veronica's search for her, you know, her mom yes. or her the paternity thing. But, yes. like, that you had, like, four... Uh, this is, like, if anybody hasn't watched Veronica Mars Season 1, I'm about to tell you what the four big mysteries of Season 1 were. Uh, it's, like, her trying to figure out her paternity trying to figure out what happened to her mom, um, trying to figure out what happened on uh, a night in which she uh, believes herself to have been raped, and trying to figure out, this is the biggest one, who murdered her best friend, played by Amanda Seyfried. Uh, also, Amanda Seyfried, way better dead person than Jason Blossom. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we had no reason to care about Jason yeah. Blossom, and yeah. he's so... Yeah. I mean, the fact that I, if you put up a picture right now of his dead, bloated corpse and him from the flashback scenes, I wouldn't be able to tell the difference. Yeah. It's creepy. Anyway, all four of those mysteries I cared deeply about. And I think that was hard. That's a really hard thing to pull off. Yes. Maybe I, to varying degrees. I but... do think, I, do, I didn't love, like, the, the what happened to her mom part of the story was, I think, only carried by the fact that Chris and Bell is so good. Well, yes. Yeah. It helps to have a lead. Again, I'm subtweeting Riverdale here. Yeah. Who is compelling Suck it, KJ as shit. Appa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, she carried most of that because there wasn't yes. somebody to play off of. Yeah. Like, there was Keith Mars, who, like, yeah. obviously didn't talk a lot about that. Who, by the way, 
Um, TV Hall of Fame dads. Yeah, I was going to say, right there with Sandy Cohen. Yeah, aren't, like, yes. Archie's dad is going to get there, though. The best part, like, often when Veronica Mars has talked about, they talk about the romances, which I don't care about. Like, uh, and I get, you know, it's a team. Duncan is the worst. He's just so bland. Yes. Uh, Like, I don't dislike him. Like, who casts that role? Yeah, he's just a a charisma vacuum. Yeah. Uh, But, like, I care way more about Veronica and her dad and Veronica and Wallace than Veronica and any potential romantic partner she has. Um, Which is. I don't know. I like that in the show. Yeah. I loved that first season. I thought it was. uh, It was a. Pretty close to a masterpiece. Yeah, and I think, you know, you had mentioned and a couple other people mentioned it drops off a little after season one. And I think one thing they did a really good job of, and and the mini episode, like the mini arcs each episode help with this, is they've done a good job creating um, a universe that this show exists within mm-hmm. now. Where I have, I think I've only done one episode or two episodes of season two. Yeah. Um, but... You know, even if the main storyline next season is a little weaker, yeah. this universe exists now, and you can kind of yeah. go away from the main storyline with more ease now well, because I, you I, have more characters like Dick Casablancas or yeah. you know the different families. I remember the like the creator Rob Thomas, not of Matchbox Twenty, yes. uh, talking about it, and he was like, "Yeah, in the first season, Kristen Bell was in ninety five percent of the scenes. We couldn't do that yeah. <laughs> again." Yeah. Um, so I think it naturally loses a bit of that focus, and it gets a bit convoluted at points where I won't spoil for you. But I'd still say the second season mystery is compelling, even though it's not, it can't possibly be as personal and as gripping right. as the death of Veronica's best friend. Um, but the town is, is rich in characters, and they introduce a few new ones who um, who are like interestingly cast or interestingly played, and I like. I never thought I was watching a bad show. I was just yeah. watching a show that yeah, not like where the OC quite, yeah, got to in season not three. season three. Yeah, yeah, but just not quite as realized as the first season. Yeah. And look, yeah, like he probably had that idea in his head for years. Yeah. Uh, so, anyway, the third season's a different story, which I still recommend watching. But you is that when you, she's off to college? Uh, you do have to. Yes, it is. They cannot hear my nods. Um, but you you actually do have to, like, significantly lower your expectations and just be in it for sort of the Veronica-related puns and fun and her, And know, the character names. Ass. The character names. Oh, Rob, uh, Rob Thomas is such a master of hilarious character names. Piz? Like, yeah. <laughs> Have you heard about Piz yet? No. Um, uh, but, um, like, iZombie is another one of his shows. Yeah. And all of the character names in every episode are, like, zombie puns. Yeah. It's, I've started, it's I'm like, four or five episodes into Like, the main zombie. character's name is Liv Morgan. <laughs> like, it's amazing. Yeah. Um, you'll meet Pez in season three. Okay. Uh, anyway. Anyway, to turn this yeah. back to the Raptors, the Raptors have, should like, we, Rob Thomas... Should we not talk about Carly Rae Jepsen? Like Rob Thomas in season time. one, uh, like Rob Thomas in season one yeah. with uh, Kristen Bell, relied too heavily on just Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan for too yeah. long. <laughs> the goal over the you last... Have to, couple, you have to yeah, expand this, the universe. This is not... Yeah, expand the universe, spread the shots around, yeah. um, and that's how, you know, you can sustain the success into future seasons. Maybe we'll talk so. about Carly Rae next week. Now we can talk about Carly Rae. Um, Eric and I, not together, but at the, at the same concert, saw Carly Rae in concert with Toronto Symphony Orchestra on Saturday. Yeah. And it was terrific. I don't yeah. have much more to say about yeah. it than that. It was it was a delight. Like, um, to see, first of all, just the sheer diversity of attire 
in people in the crowd. Yes, that was like very there, there interesting. Were, there were certain people like who clearly have their TSO season passes yes. who came in their suits and elegant dresses. Yeah, it ranged then, from like people in beachwear yeah. to people in like gowns. Yeah, and as it as the evening went on, it got like less formal. Yes, and more of a pop concert uh, while still like. When the TSO did their two interludes without Carly yeah. Rae, like you felt, I sort of felt like the crowd was like, "Oh, we must be respectful for this." Yes, but like it was still like good on them. Like it was a very respectful and engaged crowd, and I don't know, it's it's probably among the most fun I've ever had at a just such an interesting idea. Yeah, a fun concert. It was and, great. And I was very impressed by her singing. Yeah, which, she was uh, awesome. Yeah. Uh, and she seemed like genuinely moved by yeah. the entire night. Well, like, think about it. Like she's she, she's like she has a following, but she's yes. not like one of the world's biggest pop stars. No, she and... is like weirdly. It's a weird kind of cult of Carly Rae. Yeah, that you and I are like responsible for a good chunk of. I think uh, I, I'm not sure that's true. No. I think that's giving ourselves. No. I have I have convinced a lot of people to listen to no. the Emotion album though. Yeah. Which, by the way, is sitting there on vinyl if you want to throw it on when we're done this podcast. Um, uh, do we have... No, do we, we don't have, have time. Do we have I got to wrap this up. Do we have to pay up. for that? No. Um, <laughs> I got to wrap this up, though. Uh, Eric. The draft. Yes. It's here. I like the draft. It's yes. Fun. You'll be at the BioSteel Center on Thursday. You'll, I won't be. You'll be creating content. Yes. Um, not only for the Athletic Toronto, by the way, but for the Athletic Detroit, which launched on Monday, which is awesome. You should check that out. As, as a reminder, if anyone's listening to this and hasn't subscribed to the Athletic yet... Um, your subscription not only gets you access to the Toronto articles, but Cleveland, Chicago, Golden State, Detroit, you get access to yeah. all the you city can read Jason Lloyd's piece on what the hell happened with the Cavs today. Yes. You can, uh, I don't think they finalized Pistons hiring, but... Uh, yeah, someone will be there. Somebody will be there. I'll and, be writing their draft night reaction the track, for them. And the track record is it'll be somebody... Uh, that's pretty talented. Yeah. Ex- I mean, track record, me excluded. Yeah. But... Uh, yeah, what were they doing there? Yeah, well, I've got the Twitter following. Yes, this I, is true. I, tr- I tricked them. All those purchased followers. Yeah. <laughs> Just Ooh. call me name redacted. Yeah. Um, all right, man. Thanks so much for coming on. Thanks, uh, we'll guys. talk to you. I mean, I guess we should do something next Probably week. Probably pre-free agency. Yeah, it'll be post-draft. It. There'll be more rumors. Christoph yeah. Porzingis and will honestly, be a Raptor. Paul George Probably will be early a next week, there's going to be media availability to introduce the GM as well. So. Yeah. 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 We'll talk about it then. All right, cool. guys. Thanks so much Have for listening, week. guys. We'll talk to you. Uh, talk to you again soon. Enjoy the draft. If only to be a reasonable man.